Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth of PaleoParents.com. You might also know me as the broth lady or the inventor of the hashtag more vegetables than a vegetarian. I'm the co-author of several paleo cookbooks, including Eat Like a Dinosaur, Beyond Bacon, Real Life Paleo. I like to talk about health at any size and self-love and personal acceptance. Specifically, I have a love for lifting heavy things. If you're interested in finding more out about that, you can also find me on Strong Woman Radio. And I'm Dr. Sarah Valentine of thepaleomom.com. I'm the New York Times bestselling author of The Paleo Approach and The Paleo Approach Cookbook. I'm passionate about nutrient density and the intersection of diet and lifestyle with health, which really means I just love talking about science. News and views, where Sarah and I catch up and you get to listen to our gossip. feel like I talked to you two days ago. Is that a weird thing? No, it was it was a full week, right? It was a full week. I cannot tell you a single thing that I've done in the last week. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I have had like the the winter break of doing nothing this year. And it's been I have this like a little bit of this tingle of guilt that I didn't do a whole pile of like really quality, you know, educational experiences and family experiences with the kids, but we just hung out. We just That is a family experience. That's what we did too. Yeah. I mean, the kids today, I had a, a friend um, come by to use my scanner this afternoon and the kids were like, oh, a grown up that's not our parents. And they just were like, can you play with me? 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 It was, uh, I was like, okay, it's good school starting on Tuesday. I think they're ready. But um, no, we just, you know, we slept in, we've hung around the house, we've played in the backyard. We've worked on my third grader science fair project with very, very many hiccups and uh, broken things, not bones though. So we're good. And, uh, and yeah, it's just been it's it's been all quiet on the western front is what it's been and it's been much needed i think by uh, maybe not the kids but definitely by both my husband and and me so it's it's been nice and i think i my sense of time is even more distorted than it would normally be on a school break because of like the lack of things that have defined each day yeah matt said to the kids on friday all right, well, we got to get ready because you're going back to school on Friday, on tomorrow. And I was like, um, it's Friday. And he's like, are you sure it's not Sunday? I'm like, yeah. So um, we've had the exact same kind of week. I mean, we did do some things and, you know, did see other adults and had people over and celebrated the holidays and that kind of thing. But we did a lot of days where we tried to see if we could not get out of our jammies, which is like the boys and I's favorite thing to do, but Matt always still gets up and showers and gets dressed, which cracks me up that he's like got his shoes on and ready to go at any moment. And we're all like avoiding it at all costs. I, I averaged 3 PM getting (laughs) out of my jammies and into daytime clothes pretty much this entire break. And I spent, I think almost every day that I worked out, I never bothered to get changed out of my workout clothes. That's the, the that's the way to live the life, man. I, you know what? It was, I, it was slumming it in a lovely, lovely way. Uh, and nobody complained about me smelling, which I, was my metric. <laughs> so like there was no like, you know husband of. saying, I think you should shower before you come to bed tonight. Cause there was a couple of, there was a couple of days in a row where I worked out and there was no showering. So I'm like, yay for no soap methods that support a natural skin microbiome that can handle ammonia on its own. That's, that's where I'm going with that. Totally. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about all that. I just (laughs) don't shower sometimes. Um, but everybody, everybody else around me, everybody else around me is also not showering. So it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like if you all eat garlic and onions, nobody knows, you know? So, you all smell like that. Uh, I hope that I just didn't smell. 
is what I'm hoping happened. Um, I know that I think it was like yesterday morning. I was finally like, I, I'm getting like itchy. I don't think I've, I think I've worked out the last three days and I haven't showered in any of those days. And I just need, I need to spend like 20 minutes under hot running water. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, it was, it's been lovely. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm in that right at that point where like, it was, it was enough. Like I, I got to do that enough. I'm ready to get back to routine. It doesn't seem scary. It doesn't seem sad that it's over. Um, but I'm not like also really antsy for it either. Like it's just kind of like that perfect. And now school will start (laughs) and butterflies and birds shall sing. I butterflies don't sing, but you know what I mean? Flowers blooming and sun shining and all the things that don't actually happen this time of year. A Disney movie is going to bloom right in your home. That's it. Everyone will break out into song. Little do a coordinated little dance. It's going to be epic. Well, our boys also go back to school and um, none of us are ready, but that's okay. Life goes on. (laughs) Do you also Uh, go back to school on Tuesday or do you go back? We go, so they go back tomorrow, but um, I have a doctor's appointment in the morning, so I'm not working tomorrow. I giving myself one day of like catching up on what I missed over the holidays, like sorting through my hundreds of emails and my work inbox and all that kind of stuff. I like so- soft launches back into the <laughs> office, um, and nobody will be home because the boys will be in school. So, and I can recover from my my doctor's appointment. So, yeah, I um. It's not just like I realize that everyone listening is probably like, what do you have a doctor's appointment for that you need to recover from? Um, it's another back treatment, which I think um, I mentioned earlier you that I was getting. You actually have given an update on your back in a while, and I know we've had questions about it. Mm. Um, I don't know how much you want to share, but do you want to take a moment to give like a more thorough update? I think you know the last time you updated on this show – um, you were still in a, in a diagnostic phase and you were waiting still for an MRI, I think was like, I know a little bit more, but I think that's a yeah. private conversation. So I, I ended up, that's okay. More. So I'll just, I don't want to go into the details because we just, I don't have information. I would still cause call what I'm going through diagnostic. Um, I did not end up getting an MRI. I ended up getting x-rays. Um, and the x-rays showed that there was a lot of, um, inflammation in the joints that led the doctors to believe that there was something like a sprain that had happened in my back. And so um, we're just doing some treatment that will hopefully help, like is just targeting that particular issue. Um, It's non-invasive. Fortunately for me, it's not like a major problem. Hopefully it's something that my body will just need some time to recover from. Um, However, if these treatments don't work and I don't feel better um, after what they call three sets of treatment and tomorrow I go in for my second, then uh, we probably will need to do an MRI and there could potentially be something you know, more going on there, but we hope not, obviously. Um, I think just resting in time is really the best thing for my back. Shocker. Um, I, and that must be so frustrating for you. Like I know really super frustrating cause I'm such a control freak. I want to know like what I, what can I do to make it better? Um, and I think relevant to this show, I, I know I've been talking about it in social media for those who are following along. I went back to a much more strict AIP approach um, the day after Thanksgiving. And so in addition to, I'm not going to call it strict AIP because I'm still doing like seed spices that don't bother me. And I will occasionally do um, like almond, like in the form of almond milk or um, something like that. But I'm, I really reduce the, it's the AIP plus the reintroductions you are hundred percent confident are absolutely fine for you. Exactly. And, and that's different for everybody. And so I can't tell people like exactly what I'm doing and, and how to do it and all that kind of stuff. It's just a matter of like knowing your body and what makes it feel good. Um, so I know that nightshades are terrible for me, but I usually eat paprika anyway, because it's, uh, if I don't do it all the time, it's not like an actual 
It doesn't cause joint pain or my face to break out, which are the two signs that I really look for in terms of foods that bother me. Um, but Those if are I eat- generally my, I'm, my signs. I mean, add migraines and throwing up for like the really bad ones. But, like, <laughs> well, if you're throwing up, you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, no, but like dairy gives me migraines and gluten makes me throw up. Yeah. But like, you know, eggs give me horrific acne. Like pretty quickly yeah. and that was a really weird thing for me to actually put those two things together and then nightshades it's like I, I just it's like somebody threw shards of glass in all my joints yeah well yeah. so that's that's how I feel from like tomatoes and hot peppers but <clears throat> from if I eat white potatoes without skin or if I eat paprika as like a small amount in a food it doesn't usually bother me like I can eat you know, kind of more commercial, regular jerkies, for example, that have like a little bit of paprika on them. Um, whereas now I'm avoiding all nightshades entirely. So um, in an effort to help my body reduce inflammation naturally, oh. in addition to these treatments. Um, and then the other thing that I'm doing that I think will be pertinent for this show topic is a lot of rest and recovery for my body to be able to work on that inflammation and heal. Um, and I will say that I did not feel immediately better as I had crossed my fingers and hoped after I had the first set of treatment. I had this vision in my head of like two days later going into the gym and being able to uh. like, you know, do stuff. I, I don't, I will not be lifting heavy right away. I need to ease back into things no matter how, you know, what happens, but I really just want to be active again. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and you know, tonight we did like a little mini wad at home and my back started hurting by the time I, we did what ended up being 15 sets of stair climbs. And on the 13th set, like my lower back started to hurt. And so that's just perspective for people on like, you know, when I say my back hurts, I mean, I can't comfortably put on my own clothing. Um, it's, it's not just, I, I don't, there's like so many things that people I'm like learning about back pain that they deal with on a daily basis. And I think a lot of our listeners have a lot of joint pain and inflammation. And this is something that I haven't felt in like five years or I don't know, maybe three and a half, four years, um, as kind of my AIP anniversary. And so, um, did you have, did you have back pain before I had joint joint pain so badly in my back and my knees that I was on, I was unable to do anything when I got home from work. Like I Mm -hmm. remember needing help up the stairs from Matthew a few times. Like it's, it was a legitimate serious, um, I have arthritis in my family and I, I believe that I was having like early. Well, and arthritis is so often comorbid with hashies and with celiac. So, uh, there you go. so, um, and I actually, like I was diagnosed with, uh, what they basically said was early arthritis. I actually had, um, a type of tendonitis called stenosing tenosynovitis in my thumb. It's the type of tendonitis is called trigger finger, but I had it in my thumb, which was, it just baffled doctors hmm. why I had it in my thumb, but it had to do with, um, opening Eppendorf tubes in a, um, biology ah. lab, <laughs> which is, a uh, like you're popping, popping tubes yep. open with your thumb all day for hours and hours and hours. So it was, you know, like a repetitive strain disorder. But in the diagnosis for that, they did a contrast enhanced x-ray of my hands and said, well, we can't figure out why your, you know, your wrist and your thumb hurts, um, but you have early arthritis. I was like, great. And they're like, don't worry. It won't be crippling for at least 10 years. Oh, I, was, great. <laughs> I was like 26 at the time, right? So, um, So it was almost like my... Like this was also in my 20s, I had multiple blood tests done as part of like a yearly physical that showed that my thyroid was low, but I never had a doctor who actually wanted to explore that or maybe support my thyroid function. They'd say, oh, your thyroid's a little bit low. We should keep an eye on that. And they never did anything. Yeah, me too. Um, And I look back at symptoms of thyroid disease, like my symptoms started at about age seven. So when I think about, because I have um, issues with joint pain and it, that's one of the first things to flare with me. In part, that's because I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. In part, that's just the joint pain that goes with Hashis. And in part, that could be some arthritis stuff happening. And it's, just, it's sort of like the lines get really, really gray with autoimmune disease and joint pain. Like joint pain just kind of goes with almost all autoimmune diseases. And in part, it's because it's a place that's kind of hard to flush inflammation out of. Um, but it's 
uh, it sucks. Can I can I say that? Am I allowed yeah. to use no, that word totally, on a yep. family friendly show? Because um, and for me too, as an ex morbidly obese person, like I'm fairly certain that I have damage to my joints from having whatever this inflammation was, whether it was arthritis or fibromyalgia or whatever, or whatever, like whatever that inflammation in my joints was, there was clearly a lot of inflammation in my joints while being obese. Yeah. Plus an extra hundred pounds. Right. And that, that pressure on my joints, my joints had to go through, like, I, you know, I'm, I, it's, I try not to regret anything that happened in my past because it made me who I am now. And I feel like I'm doing pretty good things with my life right now. But at the same time, I'm like, what damage did I do to my joints that has the possibility to come back and haunt me later? And I, I watching you go through this frustrating, like, you know, I, I'm sure that if it was me going through the same thing, I would just walk around punching things. (laughs) I think that's what I, I, I would literally be like, I can't lift that punch. Uh, going up the stairs from my back punch. I think that that would be my that would be my coping strategy is what I'm saying. And so you are officially a superhero because you don't punch things all the time. Yes, but I did over enthusiastically um believe that I would be totally fine to pick up a heavy concrete bag while helping people garden and re-injured myself. Um worse than the original injury. So like I'm not feeling the need to reward myself in any sort of way. I'm just taking it day by day. And, um, you know, I've gotten being human. I think that level of, of, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's not denial. It's, um, it's that, you know, I feel fine. I must be all the way better. It's, and that's a really natural feeling, right? I think not just that for me, but it's also, so people understand like, that thing that I picked up would normally like not even be a workout weight for me. So it's also part mental. Like I didn't occur to me that that would be something that could injure me because I was being so careful for so long and because I felt fine and because normally that wouldn't be a problem. And when I picked it up off the ground, like I used my legs and my legs are fine. It wasn't until I got to lifting with that portion of my lower back in a higher lift position that I realized that it was a problem. And at that point it was too late. So anyway, I don't want to belabor the issue, but the point is that I'm getting treatment and that I really do think that the anti-inflammatory approach and getting this treatment is helping because in terms of um, like this form that I fill out with, you know, the level of pain that I feel average in a week and the level of pain that I feel going into the doctor's office in that day, um, that number has dropped several points on their, you know, 10 point scale in terms of, you know, prior to going into this first treatment and now. And so I can't necessarily point to something and say like, well, it was this or it was that, but hopefully just all of the things that I'm doing will lead to feeling better and, and being better. And I'm just focusing on the positive and, you know, trying to, um, enjoy this time that I have to spend with my family and relax and recover and catch up on like projects around the house. And there's like a bajillion TV shows that came out in the last five years that I haven't seen because I was <laughs> writing books or working out. And so now I'm like catching up on all these really cool shows and, you know, it's, um, laying down, not to like, you know, I'm not, sitting is helpful and healing for my body to be in a laying position. I don't want people to think that I'm just like being a bump and a log for a purpose, but um, I'm <laughs> no, also, I'm... I'm also walking a lot and I'm, I'm trying to stay physically active in a way that won't cause inflammation to hurt my body anymore. And I think all of those things, being mindful of that stuff and really focusing on rest and recovery and, and anti-inflammation um, approach as much as I can is all I can control. It's all I can do. And, you know, I, I hesitate to talk about it because I just, I feel like it opens up the door for criticism about heavy lifting, which is something people are so quick to say, like what someone should or should not do. And I really don't like that word. And uh, I could have just, I, I literally think it was the car ride home that, it inflamed my back the way that it did because it was a three-hour drive sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic. And I think that not properly 
like coming out of Doing a really the, heavy yeah, workout cool down, stretching. Yeah, exactly. Is what, um, created this problem because it wasn't like there was a moment, like my second injury, there was a moment and I was like, Oh, that was a problem. And I think that's when I sprained my back, um, that joint in my back. But I think that for like the first injury, I really just think it was inflamed because I had done so much that day with a workout. And then we were in a hurry because the workout had taken longer than we expected and we were all starving and we wanted to get something to eat. And we were just like, let's just go. And I didn't, I didn't do the things that I was supposed to do, but regardless, like what I choose to do in my life with my body and how lifting makes me feel and how fulfilled I feel as a person because I lift and I do focus on safety and I, I do do those things. Like this, this is the choice that I've made and I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm able to live my life. I will heal. I will recover. Um, and there's nothing to say that it was lifting that day that, you know, was the problem versus, you know, sitting after I had worked those muscles or, you know, whatever it was. So I just, I, I don't want to talk about it because A, it's no fun and it's not positive, <laughs> but B, um, I really don't want give people to give the, get the impression that there's validation in this idea that lifting is unsafe because one of the things that I was really super proud of and I want to hear people to hear and focus on is that I have gotten x-rays and I have seen many doctors and all of them have told me that the reason that they think that my injury isn't more severe and the reason that my x-rays look so amazing is because I have fantastic bone health. They have specifically told me that my bones are incredibly dense and strong. And like to hear that is amazing because I've been paleo for more than five years. And so if there was some truth to this idea that women needed calcium as they aged and as I was a nursing mom to need that in order to have healthy bones. Like I can now point to my x-rays and say like my bones are in better health today than they were before I was pregnant and non-paleo. And that's huge because usually women have deterioration in their bones when they have three pregnancies and nurse three babies. So I feel really great about where I am and, and the choices that I've made. And I know that living the paleo lifestyle focusing on, you know, bone broth and vital proteins every day and um, working strength training, which increases bone density, have all contributed to my health. And so it's just a matter of figuring out how to get back to strength training in a way that, you know, feels good on my body versus right now <laughs> it's resting and recovering. Well, so I mean, this, sorry for the soapbox. You asked. No, I did ask. And I, I actually really feel this is going to sound, I don't want this to sound patronizing anyway, but I actually feel that having that discussion is phenomenally helpful for people. Um, I think that there are multiple listeners out there right now who are getting a really important perspective on healing, whether it's healing from an injury or healing from a chronic illness. Um, there's so many different aspects of what you're talking about. I think respecting your body, respecting your individuality, respecting your choices, um, not feeling the need to defend your choices because they're your choices. The patient's aspect, there's the the self-love and the self-care and the listening to your body. That's all wrapped into that discussion. And I think that it it makes you a phenomenal role model to be able to communicate that so succinctly because I think you really did. And um, I just I, I'm kind of like I'm giving you giving you like a virtual high five right now because I think you rocked that right there is what I'm doing. It's can you, thanks. Can you, you know you how I feel. Hanging. Come on. I you know how I feel about nice things that are said. So thank so you. Sh so shut up and let's talk about something else is what yes. you're saying. Yes. Let's talk about um, some of the lifestyle aspects of of improving one's health and wellness. I think you've I think you've got a I've resource got that yeah. you can talk about and share. So I, you know, I mentioned this briefly in last week's podcast, but I asked today if we could actually have a more detailed discussion about it. Um, I've launched a new a program called Go to Bed, and it's really sort of a sleep sleep focus or sleep rehab program. I'm not exactly sure what the the best terminology there is. I'm kind of playing with different phrases just to see what sticks. Um, but it's it's a fairly 
phenomenally epic ebook. Um, it could have very easily have been um, another gigantic print book as well. Um, but it's something that I've been working on for about a year and a half. And it really started with um, those first few book tours. And I know you witnessed this experience with me of going, you know, after the Paleo Approach and the Paleo Approach Cookbook and talking with people and having this very, very common question of, I've been AIP for however long, and um, maybe I've seen this improvement, but not this other one that I want, or I'm I'm not seeing a lot of improvement. Um, you know what? What am I doing wrong? Right? That question, and I always answer that question with, "How's your sleep?" You know, when when they say it's great, I sleep 12 hours a night. Then my next question is, "What's your stress level like?" But usually when I say, how's your sleep, like the the most common response is like eyes welling up with tears and, you know, some kind of explanation of all of the barriers that someone has to getting enough sleep. Um, all of the different, you know, the, the, all the different things that I need to do when the, after the kids are in bed, um, you know. Or, and there's this huge link between stress and sleep. So when people are really stressed, it erodes their quality of sleep. It makes it harder for them to fall asleep. It makes them wake up in the middle of the night. It makes you have to pee when you're, when you're um, sleep. Like you have to get up and pee, not while you're sleeping, but get up and pee. And, um, and there's this huge link between those things. And then there's this phenomenal link between sleep and pretty much every system in the human body. So my initial interest in this came from really understanding the role of sleep in immune function. And I wrote about this in the paleo approach in you know, fairly good level of detail. Um, but there's aspects of the immune system, especially regulatory aspects of the immune system, that pretty much only work while we're sleeping. And so sleeping is a, you know, it's a major time for our bodies to heal. It's a major time for us to turn off the immune system after the job's done. But it has a profound impact on things like vascular health, on hormone health, on um, neurotransmitter regulation. Um, and it's, it's so pervasive in its effects on every aspect of and every function of the human body. And I've, I started there and I started wanting to read more about it. The idea originally came from, you know, I, I wrote the Paleo Approach cookbook, which was like the companion cookbook for the Paleo Approach. And I started considering writing a lifestyle guide. So um, like the cookbook was completely focused on, you know, making eating the autoimmune protocol as easy as possible. I was thinking about doing a Paleo Approach lifestyle guide that would really tackle sleep, stress management, circadian rhythm, entrenchment, and activity in far more detail and sleep being what I know for myself being such a, a, it holds me together. It's, it's, it's probably the most important thing that I do for myself and knowing that for myself and then seeing the body of scientific literature, it was sort of the first place that I started sort of dabbling in researching. And I was writing a lot of blog posts about various aspects of sleep. And it became really obvious that I needed to start pulling that information together. Um, writing a book allows me to tackle topics in far more depth than I can ever get in a blog post. And so I really, for this type of topic, really enjoy the book format. But I knew right from the beginning, as I was thinking about, you know, can I write a sleep book? Um, you know, I, I, I know that you know, our publisher would happily publish any, you know, pretty much anything that I pitch, not probably anything, but, you know, I think I could talk him into this. But the, the medical research is so fast and furious right now in sleep research. There have been literally thousands of studies that have just come out in the last year. And it's such an exciting time for understanding how sleep works how sleep affects the human body, what happens when we don't get enough sleep, what happens if we're just a tiny bit short on our sleep, what happens if we do the typical um, pattern of a little bit short on weekdays, but we catch up on the weekends, right? What happens if we sleep 
well most of the time, but then we pull an all-nighter for something, right? Understanding all those integral details is something that is just exploding in the scientific literature right now. So um, I came to the realization as I was starting to pull together a resource probably about a year ago that this really needed to be an ebook because an ebook is something that I can expand, that I can update. Um, and it's, it's sort of a, it's a trivial thing to be able to send an updated version of an ebook to everybody who's already bought it, right? Like it's, that's a pretty easy thing for me to do. Whereas if I create a print book from it, it's the medical research is happening so fast. I felt like as soon as that book's in print, it's going to be out of date. <laughs> There's going to be more information to add to it. Um, so I have really been, this has been one of those like back burner projects, work on it when there's a little bit light time for about a year and a half. Um, and then once Healing Kitchen went to print, um, I really focused in on it. I got a few members of my team helping out with various aspects of it. And I really just wanted to have this book done for New Year's because I look at New Year's resolutions as this amazing time of hope and positivity and determination and dedication. And we're all looking at you know, what are the things I'm going to work on this year? What are these goals I'm going to achieve? And I can't think of something more important than putting sleep up high on the priority list. And in part, that's because of just how phenomenally essential sleep is for health. And in fact, this this is, I think, one of the, the facts that it, it riles people up who are very passionate about paleo. But the research supporting the role of sleep and health is far more solid, um, with far bigger correlations, far bigger effects, far better mechanistic understanding than the research on diet and health. And in fact, the couple of studies that have actually compared sleep with diet show that sleep is more important. That doesn't mean diet's not important. That doesn't mean that I'm, you know, leaving the paleo movement. I'm still phenomenally passionate about paleo. It's just that I I think if health is the goal, which I hope that it is, that the, both of these things need to be in place. And within the paleo movement, we're really good at the activity piece, we're really good at you know exercising and movement throughout the day and, and strategizing that piece. We're really good at the nutrition piece. We're really good at the nutrient density piece. Sleep is still something that falls off our radar. So I wanted to create a resource that put that back like on on our to-do lists, that puts you know, put sleep, you know, really, you know, forefront in our minds in terms of something that we need to work on. And then I wanted to distill all of the science into what's actionable. I mean, that's something I try to do in, you know, all the resources that I create, but like take the science and then here's the scientifically validated strategies, tips, tricks, right? The choices that we can make that will support getting the healthiest sleep we can so that we can be as healthy as possible. So, um, so I created go to bed with all of those goals in mind. It's pretty epic. Um, it's a pretty epic ebook. It's uh, right now 222 pages, but as I just said, um, you know, one of the reasons why I chose to create this as an ebook is because it gave me the ability to expand as more research comes in and the first um the first update is probably going to be ready in the next 2 weeks everybody who buys it is going to automatically get emailed the update um and the update doesn't change the program but um but it's one of those amazing things that I can sort of do is like create the product and then keep working on it so right now it's um a pretty epic collection of science there's um over 250 references and Part of what's included in Go to Bed is a 14-day sleep challenge, but it's very, very different from other challenges that are out there. So instead of being right a 21-day or a 30-day, we see these in nutritional challenges where you have all these rules and that you have to follow them for 21 or 30 days, right? Those are designed first based on the myth that it only takes 21 days to make or break a habit. It doesn't take 21 days, and we've talked about that on the show before. And then on the idea that you'll, you'll, you know, rip off the bandaid and jump in, you know, with both feet and then you'll get through this transition period and then you'll be dedicated to it for life. And what we see with people who do those challenges is it's very effective for some people as a launching off point. 
But for a very large percentage of people, we, we end up on these cycles of I do the challenge, I fall off the wagon, I do the challenge, you know, like the day after the challenge is done, I'm completely back to my old habits and then I have to go back up on the challenge and we're constantly re-upping to go on the next challenge. The go to bed challenge is not designed that way. Instead, it's a 14-day challenge with an iterative implementation of 14 steps towards better sleep. So each day you're adding one small change to what you've done up to that point in the challenge. And the idea isn't that at the end of 14 days, you're going to be a sleep pro. The idea is that 14 days is going to ease you into the sort of best bang for your buck habits for supporting sleep. You're going to have seen some pretty um, tremendous improvements in your sleep over that 14 days. And it's going to give you that taste of what enough sleep feels like to feel motivated to then continue to work on the habit formation piece, which for most people takes more like two months or as long as about eight months. So creating that healthy habit in a short period of time, like I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend that that's even remotely possible because science tells us that it's not. But the idea is to really take a step-by-step approach for better sleep. But then as a that challenge environment, we get all of the support that a challenge comes with. The group Facebook page, it's go to bed on Facebook. The group Instagram page, it's go to dot bed on Instagram. And uh, there's a daily bonus content uh, email series you can choose whatever day you're going to do your challenge. You can do the group challenge. You can do it by yourself. And you can even take that challenge and extend it, right? So you can take those 14 days and instead you can turn it into 14 weeks and do one, add one step a week if that makes more sense for you. So it's really designed, you know, rather than being this hard thing that you're going to do and then you're going to stop, it's designed to ease you into um choices that are um, really geared at supporting sleep, both quality and quantity. And the first challenge actually starts tonight, which is our recording day. So it will have already started by the time this show goes live. But um, we're going to be hosting these group challenges starting the first Sunday of every month. But for January, because, um, you know, with these types of products, it always takes some time to get the word out. We've decided to do two challenges. So there's another one starting Sunday, January 17th. Um, and basically all it takes is you know, buying the program and then you can sign up for the email series if you like that. If you don't like getting daily emails and you think that that's going to be like a nuisance, you don't have to. Um, and then going to the Facebook and Instagram pages are going to have a lot of content during those group challenges sort of geared at support, inspiration, um, creating, you know, discussion. There's going to be lots of other people on there who are doing it as well. And maybe by the 17th, there will already be the next group of people who are, have decided they, they liked it so much the second time they want to continue in that group challenge environment. So it's, um, it has been, uh, really a tremendous amount of work, um, but something that I am like crazy proud of and super excited to see how it grows. We have tons of plans for things that will get added to this program um, in the future. And of course, as I've already said, anything that gets added to this is going to absolutely 100% be available to everyone who's already bought it. So if I add, you know, a sleep yoga program eight months from now to the go to bed, you know, uh, program, everybody who's already had it is going to have access. Um, but it's one of those things that it's, it's, um, it's, it's a living, it's like a living book. It's like, it's alive. It's alive. Um, but it's, it's such a wonderful way for me to continue to add to it as the, the research continues to come in. Um, and, and, continue to to tweak it to make it the perfect resource that people need to get to sleep to go to bed haha i i go to bed sometimes i could (laughs) i could do better and while i am not personally doing challenges as we talked about last week i think even if someone didn't want to participate in that portion of it just the resource itself in terms of 
being a tool that people can utilize to learn how to and why this is such an important influential part of their health is also like a tool that is very valuable to me in terms of um my healing process too. So absolutely. There's 145 pages of book before you ever get to the challenge aspect, which is all that that's not including the references. And that's all of the science, the, um, you know, really breaking it down to like, what are the things that you can do to get better sleep? And some things are really surprising. I think some things are things that we, we know we should do. I just use the should word. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. I use it sometimes too on accident and I'm like, oh I, God, no. I did I did own it with the word we though. So it's a good self. I put myself word. in there. Yeah. No, but you know, like there's a lot of things like we like we have this idea that we should go to bed earlier. A lot of us, right? We we don't feel that good when the alarm goes off in the morning and we go, oh, I wish I'd gone to bed earlier. There's some things like that that are sort of no-brainers when it comes to improving sleep. But there's a lot of things in here that I think will surprise people in how big of an impact they can have on sleep. And we really, like, as I set the rule for myself with the paleo approach, as I set the rule for myself with everything that I've done, I will not ever make a claim that I cannot back up with a high-quality scientific study. That scientific study may be mechanistic, and some people only like randomized controlled clinical trials, and then we can get into a philosophical debate about the value of different types of science. But I will always have a scientific study to point to when I say this is a good idea or this isn't a good idea. And that absolutely was the case for go to bed. Um, you know, and what I've done is like, there's just in the last like two years, we've even started to understand why we sleep. Like that's really new science. We did not understand the importance of sleep other than like, clearly we need it and we know bad things happen when we don't get it, but we didn't really understand what was happening in our bodies to make us sleep. And now, I mean, there was a study published last week that has now shown what happens when we wake up. Like then we started to learn how we were falling asleep, how our neurons were were going into this resting state. I mean, this is all stuff that's happened just in the last few months. And just last week, here's the mechanism of how we wake up. Like phenomenal insight into um, what's happening when we sleep. And then it helps us understand when we understand what sleep is, it helps us understand why sleep has such a profound impact on health and why, you know, not getting enough sleep is one of the most detrimental things that we can do to our bodies. It increases our risk of all chronic illnesses. It just increases our risk of dying from any cause. Um, and then it, it has a tremendous impact on things like if you don't get enough sleep, it um, decreases your risk of surviving cancer. It increases your risk of cardiovascular disease. It increases your risk of obesity and diabetes and autoimmune disease. Like it just, it keeps going on and on and on. And I feel like it's such an exciting time to really like from a science perspective to really be understanding sleep. And so I'm really, um, I, I'm geeking out and I'm, I'm channeling that geekiness into creating a resource that is going to help make that information accessible for people because, you know, I like to do that, but also is going to say, here's like, here's the, the science explained in a way that hopefully most people understand, but then also here's what, how that informs our choices and here's how that helps us make the best choices in our life for health. And it, it's really, I mean, there's definitely some crosstalk between nutrition and sleep, and I, I go into that in the book. But to me, I feel like as a member of the Paleo community, this is like the next big thing, right? It's the next big, you know, when we start talking about the Paleo lifestyle, right? The Paleo lifestyle was, that term was designed to both de-emphasize the word diet because diet implies that you're going to go on it for a certain amount of time and then you're going to go off it again. So we're going to de-emphasize that by using the term lifestyle, but it was also designed to really incorporate lifestyle and incorporate activity and exercise, which was sort of the first lifestyle aspects to really get merged with, with the paleo diet. And now I think 
sleep and stress management are are like the next really big things that we're going to see really take off in this community and and people are going to feel better for it. I mean that to me is like the most exciting thing is um is to be able to create a resource for people that's going to make such a profound difference in people's health. I mean you look at the statistics of uh, you know, how many of us are getting less than six hours of sleep a night now? It's like 40%. Um, when you look at the statistics of um, how much less sleep we get now compared to 50 years ago, it's about two hours a night on average. Um, you know, when you look at those statistics, you go like, well, yeah, there's a problem. Like, this stress, is a really important stress thing. Stress is increasing, sleep is decreasing, and our health is plummeting. So and those and those things are all linked, right? So when you're when you get enough sleep, it actually makes you more resilient to stress. And when you are stressed, it makes it harder to get good quality sleep. So there's a lot in this ebook that is is stress management tools as well because of how those things are interlinked. Um but um but and I mean sleep is interlinked with, you know, hormones insulin, leptin, like it's the immune system. There's, there's so many different things where, um, where we work on sleep and we see that improvement to these other things that we're trying to work on. Um, and then when we work on those other things, we also see improvements in sleep. It's like this amazing positive feedback loop, which is what you would call it if it was like a biological, like if you're talking about it in terms of biological mechanism, like I feel like it's a heck yeah, that's awesome. That's, I mean, that's what it is. It's it's a positive feedback loop, but it's a heck yeah, that's awesome. We need like a little like music that goes with that. <laughs> we do. I'm just we're saying, asking a lot of our sound effects department. Um, it's okay if it's if it's not. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to hold back, you know, this episode going live for for a music thing. But I think I think from now on, whenever I say, heck yeah, that's awesome. It's probably the last time I'll ever say it on the show. But yeah, it does need, it does need a little, a little sound, something, emphasis. Can you tell I'm excited? I think it's, I think it's a much needed resource and tool for the community. It's something that a lot of people in the community have been talking about and as you said, writing blog posts, but there's only so much, you know, information or recommendations that people can give in that sort of forum, so to speak. And so I am hopeful as you are, that it is helpful and beneficial to people's health. And I know that we have talked about sleep on this podcast, probably 50% of the time (laughs) that we've had podcasts, it comes up as something that people need to be aware of or work on because you know, for both of us, it is a trigger for bad food cravings and that feeds into the hormonal loop. And then once you haven't slept, then you can't handle stress. And then you're driven to those, you know, that snowball effect. And before you know it, you're, you're all kinds of dysregulated and discombobulated and, um, it kind of gets out of control relatively quickly for me. And I know that you've said it does for you as well. Um, I know that my sleep habits over this holiday break have been, outside of usual. Um, and that's simply because I have an opportunity to stay up late and then sleep in. Um, I am really fortunate that my children are independent and get themselves a banana and entertain themselves in the morning. Um, which I'm not ashamed to brag about. So, (laughs) um, It'll definitely be, you know, an area of focus for me as I return back to routine this week. Outside of even setting that as a resolution, it's just an area that I need to focus on because I got out of a routine, stayed up later than I normally would, and then, you know, have been able to sleep in. But starting on Tuesday, I won't be able to sleep in, which means I need to get ahead of going to bed (laughs) earlier before I can't um, sleep in. So those kinds of things, I I think, are just really they sneak up on you and you don't realize the kind of effect that they have overall to your health. So I, um, I, I know you have a lot of excitement and I think you have reason to be, and I hope that everybody else is excited about the tool. Where can they find like more info about it? Um, check it out, all that jazz. 
Um, so you can find out more about it. You can see the entire table of contents, which is four pages long, by the way. Um, you can get all of the like fun facts about the book at www.thepaleomom.com forward slash go to bed. Um, and I am running a special launch discount for 30% off with the coupon code I need sleep in all caps. Um, and by the time this goes live, that coupon's only be get, going to be good for about another week. So, and um, this program will never go on sale again. So, we decided to do a sale for launch, and then that's it because we're going to be continuously adding to the program and providing the updated and additional content to everyone who's bought the book before. Um, so, we think that the book is already tremendous value. So, coupon code I need sleep for 30% off. And the paleomom.com forward slash go to bed. And of course, we'll have links in um, the show notes on both of our websites to go check it out. Um, and the Facebook and Instagram pages and uh, bonus content email series, there's links for those in the book. So if you can't find them, go to page 150 and it's there. Awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back next week. And as always, it's a pleasure speaking to you. Um, <laughs> go ahead and talk back and pretend that we're chatting with you. Sarah sometimes says, um, what do I say? Good, thanks. Good. thanks for listening. See you next time. No, Where's no, that? you say like, great talking with you, but like, yeah. we know that you're not I mean, a lot of you are talking back. We hear that at like events and stuff. And that's it's totally awesome. fine. We There's no judgment. If you think that we would be great friends, we probably would be great friends and we just don't know that. So we're the ones missing out. You Thank just you for tuning a in. lot of stalker level activity. It's cool, man. As long as they don't show up on the doorstep. We got yeah. we just have to that's maintain That's where I draw the line as well. Bubble. I draw yeah. I draw the line at the doorstep. Just so people know. Stay across the You're street welcome. all you want. <laughs> You're welcome to go check out my gym. You're welcome to go shop at my Whole Foods or uh, Farmer's Market. That's all cool. It's doorstep, though. It's not It's not cool anymore. <laughs> so um, I think what we're trying to say is uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.